So we continue with um, the book of the Acts of the Apostles as well. We concluded on the considerations that will help us to understand and comprehend the acts, the actions, activities, deeds, and ministry of the apostles, those sent by the Lord to do the work of God. The four considerations are that the acts of the apostles are one, a continuation of all that the Lord Jesus began both to do and teach, to do that and continue. That the act of the apostles and the act of the Holy Spirit, by the hand of those sent by the Lord to do the work of God, otherwise it is an acceptable service. That is one of the Thirdly, that the act of the apostles are the result of an irrefutable and irrevocable assurance of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and of those who do not believe that they are under conviction. And fourthly, that the acts of the apostles are focused or are focused on the kingdom of God and the things that pertain there. Look at that under consignment. Why do we have the last consideration of In our life, we noted that from the commencement of his ministry up to his final departure from the earth after his resurrection, the Lord's concern was the kingdom of God. Indeed, he instructed his disciples to preach the kingdom of God to those they were being sent in like manner. We must be engaged in propagating the kingdom of God and the things that pertain there in like repentance, forgiveness of sin, faith toward God, salvation, eternal life, baptism, suffering, persecution, to mention a few. The Lord's power was not on a kingdom ruled by men, neither did he encourage the setting of the kingdom of empire builders dominated by the use of cathedrals and superstructures and the installation of men after the church. Nor did he advance a kingdom of cares, pleasures, cross prosperity, or of dependence on and the pursuit of money. Rather, the Lord spoke of the rule and reign of God in the hearts and affairs of men, and how this was to come about through relationship with God after men have been reconciled to God through him that is through Jesus Christ. The apostle of God did not lose focus on this matter of the kingdom of God and all that appertains to it. We must likewise resist every attempt to persuade us to take our focus off the kingdom of God. The Lord will help us in Jesus name. Amen. Our text Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and verse 5. Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and verse 5. And being assembled together with them, he that is the Lord Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John will be baptized with water, and we shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The Lord bless the reading of the word. In Jesus' name, Amen. Without understanding of the Acts of the Apostles being a continuity of the work of Christ, a connectivity through the Holy Spirit to the Lord of the world, a conviction of the resurrection of the Lord being a very critical part of the work of witness of our Christ, and a concern with the kingdom of God and the things that are happening there, we now move on to another crucial subject matter that involves the accomplishment of the task set before the apostles of God and by extension 
the past fell before us. Want to look at our need of the promise of the Father. One of the commands the Lord gave by the Holy Spirit during the 40 days he spent on the earth after his resurrection was that the disciples remained in Jerusalem until they received the promise of the Father. This was obviously a very crucial part of their assignment. For the Lord made it clear to them that, look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all of Judea and Samaria, and the return of the earth. Uh, look at this some weeks from now. Thus, in very that without the Holy Spirit who is the promise, their witness will be ineffective and wrong. The significance of the Lord's destruction carries more weight when we realize that his disciples were being haunted by the civil and religious authorities of the day in what was a normal operation as well as the elimination of witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You will recall that after the Lord Jesus had been crucified, they, they haven't succeeded and they went ahead to look for his uh, disciples to kill. And then we also recall that after his resurrection, the men who guided the tomb had told the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin that concerning what they had seen, how the tomb was opened, and how when the church was not there. And we know that the, uh, what they call it, the Sanhedrin had bribed the security men to tell the different stories that the disciples had come to steal him away. So there was this gang of one to kill them either because they were followers of Christ or because they were uh, going to be talking about the fact that they had resurrected. Tonight we want to look at the promise and the weight. We're going to look at this uh, this week, we're going to look at it possibly next week and see how the Lord will be But for this week, for tonight we want to look at the general and specifics concerning the promise and the weight. The promise and weight. Tonight in our discussion, we shall look at the command, wait for the promise of the Father, in general and specific terms, and its implications for us today. May the Lord, by His Spirit, grant us the grace to receive understanding of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. When I say general and specific, we are going to look at the promise of God, or the promises of God, generally, and our having to wait on the Father. And then we are going to look at the specifics of the promise, this particular promise, which is the Holy Spirit coming upon them. We begin by looking at Numbers 23, verse 19, concerning the promises of God. Numbers 23, verse 19. It tells us that God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Can he say, and we need not do, or have we spoken and we need not make it do. That scripture is saying to us that when God speaks, when God makes a promise, the promise is as good as done. Is that understood? Now in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56. This is Solomon praying. He says, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel. According to all that he promised, there has not failed one word 
of all his good promises, which he promised through his servant Moses. When God makes a promise, there is no, God is not speaking in terms of probabilities. Do you understand? If you want to use probabilities, the probability of the promise of God happening will be one. Always one. So probability is dynamite one. It can never be 0.9999. It is always one. In other words, the promise always comes to pass. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 33. And we will read from verse 20 to 26. Jeremiah 33, from 20 to 23. God is given in these verses a firm assurance concerning the promise or the promises he had made to Israel. And he uses a very interesting uh, thing to affirm what he has said. Jeremiah 33, 20. To 26. Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that there will not be day and night in their season, then my covenant may also be broken with David myself, so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne, and will deliver the priests by ministers. But it's getting into consequence. If you can say no day, no night, only then is it possible. For they did not have a son that would sit on his throne. And who is he referring to here? The Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 22, it says, As the word of heaven cannot be numbered, nor the sky of the sea measured, so will I multiply the descendants of David, my servant, and the Levites who minister to me. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Have you not considered what these people have spoken, saying, The two families which the Lord has chosen? He has also cast them off. Thus they have despised my people as if they should no more be a nation before them. Thus says the Lord, if my covenant is not with day and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, then I will cast away the descendants of Jacob and David my servant, so that I will not take any of his descendants to be rulers over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For I will cause their captives to return. And will have mercy on them. The same promise, the same way God affirmed that promise that He had made concerning Israel and concerning baby and concerning the Levite, in the same way God spoke concerning um, the promise He made to Abraham, and by extension to you and I. God is telling us something about when He makes the promise in from Hebrews chapter 6. From 16 to 19, Hebrews 6, 16 to 19. It says, For men indeed swear by the prayer, and an oath for confirmation is made for them, and end of all when men swear. And so the word went down and prayed. What do they sign the paper? That paper they sign is an oath. It confirms what they had mentioned by our Bible. God is saying that when he has spoken, he, he to, to make that confirmation, he swore. He was saying, God Determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability or the unchangeableness of his counsel. That is, when God has spoken, he does not change it, he does not take it back. So, to, to, to affirm this, he confirmed it by an oath. In other words, he says that by two immutable things, two unchangeable things, he explained it is impossible for God, God cannot lie, God does not change. 
You recall in Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. He said, you sons of, 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 of Jacob, you are just a fortunate one. Because I will not change. I will continue to show us. I will continue to be kind. That is my nature. So, by these two immutable things in which it is God for God to lie, we, that you and I, might have what? Strong consolation. Who have fled correctly to lay hold of the world set before us. This world we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. God is saying, when I give you a promise, you can bet your last penny that that promise will suddenly come to pass. I'm not, I'm not speaking idle words. Nobody forces me to make a, to give a promise. When I say it, I have said it. So, many of us who are dejected really to ask ourselves some questions. Whether we understand that when God makes a promise, that promise remains in effect until it is accomplished. Now, unless God did not give you a promise, unless you, 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 you committed this yourself, when God spoke, then it will do. In Jeremiah 31, from the 1 to the 3, God began to speak of something he was going to do. A promise came from the time of Jeremiah. In fact, as far as I may mean, not if I read something, you will see it there. To read even the, even the new TV, the end part of the world, you will still see it there. That with God's are the in death specific cases. Behold, it is that one, it says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of God, Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their father in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, said the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my. God said, I will make the covenant. It's your covenant, not the one that you made promise and you did not. This covenant is such that you are going to obey me. I will make it possible for you to obey me. Then in the future, he, he is a, he is a, he's expanding on what he said to Jeremiah, Ezekiel 36. Again, Ezekiel is also talking with similar promises that we are, we are, we are going to speak, speak only one of the of, of, of the past where it is it going to say 25 28 then this is God speaking I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols who is cleansing them now? I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you I will make the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Verse 28. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. The basis of people being the people of God and God being their God is this thing that God has spoken both here in Ezekiel and Jeremiah. The fact that they are going to walk in his command. The fact that Anak is an operating, how do we able to do that? Because he will, first of all, cleanse them, and then he will put in them his spirit. 
that will enable them to walk in his passage. He began to speak of this thing, and this is how God does things. He will say one thing, some time later, he will say another, some time later, he will, he will be repeating what he said, but he will be giving more details. Each time he will be giving more details. If you go to Joel chapter 2, which we shall be looking at at some point in time when we get to Acts, when we get to Acts chapter 2, but here we don't want to look at a, a, a few of the verses there. And now he's speaking through Jeremiah, through Joel. He said, And it shall come to pass after all that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, or I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. I don't know. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see vision. This is the effect. Do you understand that? Now? He's not giving more details. What will happen when the spirit falls upon him? He will say, And also on my dead servants, and on my dead servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days that is on his own ministers. And he's brought in it. When you look at Jeremiah and you look at Ezekiel, you will think that God is speaking only of the Jews. But now he's, he's making it open. In verse 30 says, And I will show wonders to the heavens. And in the earth, blood and fire, and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Now, this time, when you look at it, some of the things have happened, so I get to So, God is giving greater detail now. In my meditation, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion, and in Jerusalem there shall be believers, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord elaborated the promise he made earlier. And we find that this promise has happened in Acts and in another part, Zechariah. Now, let's look at John chapter 7. And we come closer and closer as we continue to speak more on this subject of the Holy Spirit. We are, we are not going to all the ones that. So remember when John the Baptist said, um, There's one coming before me who I'm not able to do this. I, I, we have baptized you with what I'm preparing, and there's one coming who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, here, the Lord Jesus is speaking, John chapter 7, verse 7 to 39. On the last day, that great day of the priests, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. There's a significant in that statement. Because this was the last day when there was a lot of drinking, there was a lot of merriment. And yet he stood and said, If you are so thirsty, come to me and drink. In other words, whatever festivities they were going through was not able to satisfy the longing in them. And he was saying, There's something that will satisfy the longing in you. In verse 14, he says, he who believes in me, as the scripture has, has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, verse 19 does what he was talking about here. But this is for concerning what? The Spirit of the Holy Spirit, who those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet. Now, up to the point we have read in Acts chapter 1, the question I ask is, had Jesus been crucified? Yes or no? In Acts chapter 1, up to the point that we have read in that 
I love the people crucified. Yes, they have been crucified. Have they been, have they been raised up? Yes, they have been raised up. Have they been glorified? No, they have not yet been glorified. Because they have not yet ascended. So the ascension was going to mark the time when the Holy Spirit will come because he, he had not been given because he had not yet been glorified. So after the glorification will be the Holy Spirit come. Now in John chapter 14, verse 16 and verse 17, the Lord speaks a little bit more about the Holy Spirit coming. And this time around, he calls him helper or I think the Greek comforter, or some other person that says counselor. The Greek word is parate, one who is as good as can be to any man. And I said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you for how long? Forever. Forever. From here on. The Spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot, the world cannot receive the Spirit. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. So who can receive the Holy Spirit? Those who know him. Those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you or is in you for us today. So the Holy Spirit was speaking about, and then in the first uh, John chapter 16, he tells us a little bit more about what we'll be doing when he comes. In John 7 and 8, uh, John 16, verse 7 and 8. And 13 and 14, the Lord lets us into a little more what we will be doing. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Brethren, you and I cannot convict anybody. We cannot bring conviction to anybody's heart. All we can do is preach the real one who does the conviction is who? It's the Holy Spirit. In other words, without the Holy Spirit in our lives or coming upon us, our witnessing will be future. Nothing will really happen. Even if men are, even if men come forward and say they want to receive Christ, it is out of an emotional pain. It is not out of a strong conviction. Verses 13 and 14 of John 16. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all. You will guide us into all that look at the scriptures will tell us the truth in the scriptures. Nobody should be able to deceive us, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me and he will glorify Jesus, for he will take off what is mine and declare to you. The only way you and I can truly glorify Christ is by the Holy Spirit. No wonder he told them in that at all, and then he could have sorry, in, in, in um, verse 4 uh, of Acts chapter 1, that they should wait for the promise of the Father, because these are the things he wanted them to do. And the only way they could successfully do it is by having this promise of the Father come upon them. In Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, verse 47 to 49. He told them what they should do, said, and that repentance and remission of sins of all those sins should be preached in my in his name, who always not begin at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I said the promise of my father upon you, but what? Carry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. 
You can't even preach repentance or remission of sins until you have this power put upon you by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to pray to God and send the Spirit to you so that you can do this. No one that the Lord said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that and we are going to look at this on this one, that says, but you shall receive power, ability and authority, boldness, enablement. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, this power is a miraculous power. It is a power that transforms you into a victory who is strong witness. If we find witness in a problem, maybe we need to go back and seek whether we have abandoned this promise, whether we have dropped this promise somewhere. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and in the end of the You can see the, the, the process from when God began to speak about the coming of the Holy Spirit and the work, the, act, the action, the activities of the Spirit of God upon mankind. What He will do, starting way back in the Old Testament, then He continued to be marched and reverted and gave more details. At the time too near for this uh, promise to be fulfilled. This has been God's will. In Isaiah chapter 61, he spoke very many centuries before Jesus was born, let alone beginning his ministry. He spoke concerning the ministry that he will engage. He said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the path to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. You remember the Ethiopian leader was really a different person, and he asked, uh, what's his name now? Philip went to his room. Yes, okay. Is this thing about himself? Or is this thing about the God? If you look at chapter 61 again, you will think that that is the man himself. He said, the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to put tidings to the poor. He has sent me to use the gold market to proclaim liberty to the captives and the government of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the assembly of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and the went on and on and on and on. And what we say, Isaiah was speaking about himself. But did he really do these things? I think it was Peter who said, these prophets, they, they kept inquiring of God. This is that they're asking me to say. And, and asking me to say in the, in the personal pronoun. I'm not seeing myself doing it. But I don't want to say I'm asking you to prophesy, to proclaim, to declare what it is I want to do. And so Peter said, These people kept inquiring of the Lord. I said, I really want to do this thing. What is that going to happen? I said, Don't worry, just write it. This is where we do for, for, for us. Now, look at the when the Lord Jesus was handed over the scroll in, in, uh, in, in the synagogue, one of them went to synagogue, one of them went to synagogue. So he, that is Jesus, came to Nazareth. Luke chapter 4, from verse 16 to 21. Luke 4, 16 to 21. So he, that is Jesus, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has not me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken man, 
to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover your sight to the land. To set a liberty to who are oppressed. To proclaim the seventh year of the Lord. That's what he Then he got the book and gave it back to the attendant at Sada. And the eyes of all who were in Sada were people. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I heard in this promise. Well over 600, if not 800 years before Christ came out, I think it was 600 years or so, well over 800 years before Christ came Now Christ is reading this around 30, 31 days. I want to visit you there today. This day, this scripture is what? What God had promised centuries ago, the day of fulfillment, finally. All of this that I'm saying, I'm letting you understand God, that God makes promises and He keeps them. But there's always a time lag between when he made the promise and when it was fulfilled. Do you understand that? Sometimes this time is centuries. What does that portend for us? It means that we need to be able to wait for the fulfillment of the promise of God. If you go back to Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to 23, Bible says, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, what happened? He had one door. And the Holy Spirit descended in worship of like a dog upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, and you are not with Now, had that promise been fulfilled? No. But God was by what was happening to Christ here. Showing that I have not do This one is down payment. You know, when you, when you want to borrow money, they'll, they'll tell you, make it down payment. To, to assure us that we will pay that, this is not payment. But where we are going to actually is fascinating. Now, Jesus himself again, and Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being as was supposed, the son of the service of Galilee. The Lord Jesus began his ministry of faith, who not begin that ministry on the good kingdom of God. Do you understand? So, I'm saying that you better have to wait. Until you are endued with power from one man, the same way he was endued with power from one man. The, the ability for many of us to wait is a problem. And we need to learn to wait. In, in, in the same book that the 16 and 17, John was speaking to the people who came to inquire Are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah that we expect? Because they were expecting the Messiah. By the way, why do you talk about the word wait? Right? When we're talking about the passive meaning, let's just say, just like that, that word, expectancy, is attached to that word. So we're not talking about waiting with expectation. You understand? That was what was happening with this People were waiting with expectation. That God had promised the coming of the Messiah. They had waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. And every time somebody appeared, they would expect that something would happen. Now, Malachi was the last known prophet of the writing prophets to have written anything. After Malachi opened the book of Malachi, activities went on that there was silence from heaven in any written form of 400 years. And then suddenly, an Indian appears to be separated. And then appears to be buried. And things began to happen. There's nobody there about Jesus. So they told So they came to ask him, Can you be beside? Can you be more? Because they were accepted. They were waiting. You understand? When what we discuss waiting, this is very crucial. Because many of us wait without any expectation, without any expectancy. They do expect, so every time they saw something, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? Jonathan said, 
Paul. I indeed baptize you with water. The God Michael and I is coming. Whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean out his precious floor and gather the wheat into his staff. The chaff he will burn with a possible fire. In those days, when they when they gather wheat into uh, something like a, a white mat, and they start beating it with sticks. I don't know if they think they need the same approach for rats. They will not have to do again if you know how to do all of those. And they start beating the wheat. And they are beating the wheat. The wheat itself, which is a seed, stays. Then the chaff is black. Now, say so. When they are beating it, they will just throw people stand at the edges of the mat and slide throwing it off. As they throw it off, slide, the bridge will come and blow the chaff away. The bridge will descend on the vessel. They will do it again. And what do we do? Now, what do we do? What do we do? We do it with them. And you see, rice, some of those things are actually exactly. And you just blow. And then sometimes you blow. The thing that is supposed to stay, it stays there. All the other chaff will blow. That's what it's saying. He will thoroughly pour his blood. Only the wheat will be made, and the chaff will be blown away. He says, I'm not that person. This is the person. So they were waiting for this to when they came. But in their ways, they kept asking, they kept asking, you know, when they see someone, they say, you know, what? They have scriptures. So they looked at a few things. In fact, let's go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And you'll see a very interesting statement that is made. From verse 6 to verse 9. John chapter 1, from verse 6 to verse 9. Usually we stop at um, verse 5 when we are reading John chapter 1. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him that through his life might through God, through John, might believe. Look at verse 8. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness to that. That light was the true light, you that light, that light was the true light which gives light to every man coming into So John here is saying, John the Baptist, many people thought John the Baptist was the light because of the way he lived. They knew his death was respected in the they saw him preaching righteousness. So they thought it was the light, but it wasn't There was expectation, there was expectance at this time. Then Jesus appeared at this time. But the interesting thing is that people were expecting when he finally did, they didn't come the way they expected him. And so many of them missed him. Except for those that he gave people that know him. The Peters, the Andrews, the Johns, the Jameses, and so on and so forth. This inability for us to expectantly wait for the promises of God to happen is a problem amongst us. Many of us are quick to give up on our way and go with plan B or plan C or plan Z. And I think I've always said, with God, there's only one plan. plan a. If there's ever a plan B, God would have told me that this thing I'm trying to do, there's actually a plan A there. And the enemy has said, this plan, as I'm the enemy has said, this is the plan. For example, when God was going to destroy Pharaoh. Remember what God told Moses? He said, Take them to the end of the sea. Pharaoh would say, Yes, the people are confused. They don't know what they are doing. 
I want to drown them. So what seems like a plan B was happening in plan B. All that God did was to drag them and come and drown Now we want to look at the problem that our inability to wait can cause. I will give a classical example, Genesis chapter 15, from verse 1 to 5. This is the story of Abraham, of Abraham, Sarai, Hagar, Ishmael, and God. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham, I am your shield, the children will be well. Then Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go tired? And the heir of my house is in the area of Damascus. Then Abraham said, No, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to me and said, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Now, let me ask a question, and I want you to meditate on this question. This matter of Isaac being promised to Abraham, was it because Abraham asked, or was it God's plan for him? So if Abraham did not discuss it, would God have not given him Isaac? Yes! Do you understand? Someone to make it seem as if it was because Abraham asked for Isaac. It was a plan. You would recall the other way of the I have a plan. That's what God was saying. I have a plan. Many of us think that it's because I'm praying for this and this and that. It is part of God's plan. Maybe next week, when we look at, we're going to, we're going to discuss some things next week. Let me just let you begin with you feel it. There are three great promises that God made in the Bible. Those three promises form the left and breadth of the Bible. Everything that God is doing. Is in his towards those three promises. Two are people, there's one person. Next week we shall elaborate on those three great promises. And then you begin to see what the body will do now. You will see that just a big mistake. Because if what they are doing is not about those three promises, what they are doing is not what they are doing is beautiful. They are wasting your time. You are engaging minds. So that this particular promise God made to them has to do with those three promises. So you know that it's God that took Abraham from his from his son and told him to come here and told him that I will be That man must have been must be important for example. It has to do with the same promises that God made. The nature of Israel today is important to God. Because of that city called Jerusalem. Make a measure of the last That is his capital city. So the people who are in this saying they are Christians, they want to move it. Look, all these ones that are coming to it, they say that they're just doing what they want to do. They can force American members to Jerusalem. It is when Christ comes that Jerusalem will be the capital of God. We are trying to fulfill scripture in our power, in today. Now, let's go to chapter 16. When God and Abraham discussed, Sarah was not there, right? Abraham was about 75 years old when we had this discussion. Now, Genesis chapter 16, in the end of verse 1 to verse 5. Now, Sarai, Abraham's wife, had one in no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abraham, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. She might have been partially right. Because indeed God restrained her. Why? We shall see that too. Please, 
Go into my name. Now this girl is going to have to do the Lord. You are not getting what you want now. Does it mean you need to do this one? Then remember, who did God speak to? Abraham. Sarah did not have any relationship with God as such. And the other thing was set up to prove Abraham. So Sarah is sitting down with the other and says, Dear, you know, I'm not, uh, we are passing the day, I'm not getting pregnant. So this is your friend, God. He is not, he's not with him, but so I think we should try another thing. Please go to my name. Perhaps I will take you to my house. She's not even saying time. She said, Well, should you buy somebody? Because I, look, I can forgive Sarah. You know why I can forgive Sarah? She didn't understand God. She didn't know God. Even Abraham was just beginning to walk with God. Everyone was just beginning to walk with God. What we did is sit on Abraham and then we stop something. We didn't complain. In fact, again, the thing was the story of your life. Or isn't Abraham as an example? But we stopped. We saw a death that Genesis 15 didn't go further than that. We saw a Genesis 15 that speaks and it doesn't stop. Maybe one of these days, some years before, we'll be able to pick up from there and look at how you and I relate to God. So now, and Abraham needed the voice of Sarah, like many men, like many mothers, what do we know about? We know what the wife is suggested. It's contrary to everything that I believe and stand. But in the name of peace, it's okay, my dear, let's do it. I will accommodate the victim very much. Let's do it. That's what happens. In verse 8, then Sarah and Abraham's wife took Hagar and me, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, to be his wife. After Abraham had dwelt, how many years did Abraham have been at? Ten years. So how was Abraham now? Eighty-five. When did God make the promise? Seventy-five. So how, how old is that promise now? Ten years. And yet, no sign. Now, Abraham was not waiting expectant. You understand? His weight was in different ways. His weight was well. Let's see when my wife says, okay, my wife says, okay, let's meet. So he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her Before the child was even born, the plan of Sarah has happened. The woman was claiming ownership of her from the womb. Sarah was becoming despised. Then Sarah said to Abraham, My wrong be upon you. Don't you say that? I gave my name to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived and became despised in her heart, the Lord God would bring her You know what Sarah was saying? What did you tell her when you two were together? Did you tell her that I am no longer the father of the house? What was it that you were saying? That is what Sarah was saying. There is one of my things. Sarah had a plan B. Abraham would say, the Bible says so, Hagar bore Abraham a son. And Abraham named his son. Who who bore Hagar, Ishmael? Have you seen in one short sentence and one verse how many times the emphasis is being laid on who gave birth to that son? Because Sarah is Hagar, this son is Hagar's son. And God is, don't forget that who was writing the who wrote Genesis? Moses. Under whose instruction? God. So God says, not it. Ishmael is the son between Abraham and Hagar. He wanted it documented and noted. Now, what if you look at verse 16? Abraham was how many years old now? It is six years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. So, how many years now have passed between when God gave the promise and 
Pode ser a primeira. Não se diminua. This is the time when it This time of message. But then Christ was with him and God went forward. Beloved, as we are looking at these scriptures, I want you to cast your mind back to promises that God has made to you. I'm not asking you to bring up dreams you have. I'm talking about what God told you. You need to bring it up. Maybe, maybe you told me this thing when you were first born again. And you have forgotten it. Because you are not waiting for it anymore. You know why you are not waiting expectantly? You forget. You cast it aside. You put it aside. Spend God of God. Why don't you come to Abraham for his body? Did you need God of God? No. Many of us are deliberating all over the place. God says something to you and I when we got born again. He says something to you and I as our baptism in the Holy Spirit. He says something to you and I each time we went to church and listened to messages. But because either we didn't believe him or we're not expecting anything or we expect it to happen very shortly, we didn't document it, we don't remember it, we don't Beloved, even our views of things, but we need to change. When God speaks to you, you start documenting it. I mean, where you write it. Write the date, note the time, and go back. From time to time, pick it again and review what God has said to you. Did it come to pass? If it has not come to pass, wait for it. It will certainly come to pass. That is what we mean by waiting. Expectantly. We are not waiting expectantly. So we forget. We abandon it. This was what was happening between Abraham, Sarai, and God. They were abandoning what God had told them years and years ago because no one from there was able to speak them at God. They seemed to think that God had forgotten. God never forgets. And it's not when he makes the promise. That promise is constantly before him. It must also be before you and I. Genesis 21. In the end, it must be from 1 to 5. And the Lord visited Sarah as one of the Lord of us. And the Lord said Sarah, as he had said. It's not that different. And the Lord said Sarah, as he had said. When did he say it? 25 years before. And the Lord did for Sarah, as he had spoken. Do you remember number 23 verse 19? Has he said? Shall he not do it? Has he spoken? Will he not make it good? Is he not making it good now? Make it How is he made? Do you know that when God wants to do something, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with the age of Jesus. It has nothing to do with the age of Jacob or Abraham. It has nothing to do with whether Abraham, from the top, was still acting or not acting or sleeping or whatever. It has nothing to do with anything of that sort. It has everything to do with who? God. Remember what we're looking at in this He said, I will bless them. I will put my spirit in them. So that they will forget them. Verse 2. For Sarah conceived. And for Abraham a son in his own age, as the world said not again. Good lesson. And the second time of which God has spoken to him. Now what was the second time spoken to him? In Genesis 17, remember what we Was it was that was that the time God was saying that God has said that I can twenty five years ago? When he told Abraham, remember, remember what we are talking to now, based on the word of God. Abraham was not asking for Isaac. It's not the asking of Abraham for Isaac that made God say, I'll give you son. It was already in God's eternal time. The set time for this Isaac to come was, was noted. 
But God was telling him in advance. You see, this is one of the challenges that we face. The fact that I hear the word of God now does not mean that it will happen tomorrow. I need to spend time talking to God a little bit more of his promise. In this one, like the, like the prophets were inquiring of the Lord. When God was speaking through them, they kept inquiring, are we the ones to do this thing? Bring into the another inquiring mind. Not query, there's a very good prayer inquiry, query to question God. Inquiring to seek him humbly, ask what is this all about. Verse 3. And Abraham called the name of the son who was born to him, whom Sarah born to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac, when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Verse 5 is basically there was the connection. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. It had nothing to do with the life of Abraham. It had nothing to do with the uh, biology of Abraham and Church. Biology can tell you that you are not going to be able to produce a child. What did he tell you about? Do you understand that? What did he tell you about? It is this hunger for wanting to make things happen, hunger for child and other that is making many people to go to Abraham's call church. They call it a benefit. We do many of them. Who brought this benefit? No man on earth can give you a child. All of us are going to get to them by themselves. God will help them when they do men go wrong. So, with all of these things, the question is, what do we need to do? Remember, I told you that our waiting cannot be careless, cannot be casual. We can't just, you know, dismiss it or the Lord gives us indication in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Habakkuk had asked God some questions, but had answered him in verse 1 chapter 1. And Habakkuk had responded again with further questions. And was saying, okay, I'm going to wait, I want to hear what God said. So in verse 2, God answered him. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. We are not using tablets now. Even though we call on the tablets. Take pen and paper. Write it. You know, you know the first thing, what the first thing? What's the wrong thing? Make it clear. So what does it mean? The fact that you're making it doesn't mean that it's plain enough. So you need to go back to God in prayer to see His face. That in a wrong, who reads it? What does that mean? And when a man reads it, there is a, a, an inspiration in him that says, Wow, this is what God has told me. Okay. When expectancy builds up in me, He's waiting for that promise to come to pass. In verse 3 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed, every promise God has made has a time frame, has an appointed time when it will happen. But at the end, what will happen? It will speak and it will not lie. At the end, it will work. I'm saying some emphasis here because many of us are those of the earth. We need a man to something else. Whatever God told you before, if it doesn't come to pass, it's still standing. You understand that? It is still an outstanding man. You are not supposed to be jumping elsewhere. You may be engaging in your daily life, like the other man engaging in his daily life. 24 years, had a second wife, had a child, life was good. They would be living official. They said, I'm going to do that. If you know those things, they gather the 
Estava se marando em Jordão, de reino de Ismael. Have to be a prince because he was the heir. One, one 
Please, that no, 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 before I will ever dream of going there. Kill that vision. And then you begin to become sad. So it happens. Because it will surely come. It will not come. Later, maybe next week you will understand this clear. What the Lord is foreseeing and what is the power of it. Whatever it is coming. You see, the only comment that many people are telling you to throw away, you will be a fool to throw away. Because everything that God is doing now is inside. If you begin to look at things through the eye, through the lens of God, you will be shocked at how much of Christ is revealed in the world. That is why it is still spiritual today. Because the promise of Christ has not been fulfilled 100%. That only be fulfilled in part. You know there's a second part. See, you know there's a second part. Many churches are behaving there as if there's a second part. They're behaving as if Christ has done everything. They are not There's still a problem here. We shall look at that problem. The Lord wants to go out there on the wall. When God gives you a promise, write it down. That's the mission. Stay in space continually on the map and elaborate more. Let it inspire you to wait in expectation. Go over your notes, over your head, for sense, that I will know. Ah! Father, I know of Jesus. Lord, I know you said it. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. Let your will be established. You keep praying over your life. That's waiting in this condition. Do you understand? But what does that expect? We forget it. Some of us write it down. Like me. They don't know where to go. You don't know where to go. So we start searching. Where is the place? Where is the place? If it was there, it was, it was a stupidity. You know that means will be the next one after the Bible. That many of us were young to understand this. Some of people thought of the understanding that that means you must never understand the Bible. Because as you are reading this, you are going to say, you remember what I said, this is, this is, and that is what I said. In Hebrews chapter 6, God gives us another, adds more. What we want to be doing if we are waiting. Hebrews 6 11 to 15. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. That is, keep on being hopeful in God until the end. Again, this scripture is talking about the unfinished business of Christ. It's telling them to hold on. What we are doing now is very much next week, so know this also. That you do not become sluggish. What? On the other hand, what are we doing for sluggish? Sluggish, lazy, dragging the food, procrastinating. But imitate those who do what? Faith and patience inherit the promises. The way we inherit the promise of God is through what? Faith and patience. Your waiting must involve faith. Otherwise, you are not your waiting. You don't believe, what are you waiting for? It was a good patience. Later you are going to see the reason why patience is there. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Saying, Surely, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently what? Endured in obtaining the promise. If you are able to patiently endure, the promise will come to you. There are many. Who died without receiving the promise? 
And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained promise. And after that, you have to patiently endure. I'm going to explain this to you in the next uh, scripture, I believe, in the next scripture, we'll elaborate more on this. Why patient endurance is crucial in your way. When we are able to endure patient, we are also unable to do this. That's why we go for alternatives. We look for an easy way out. A woman is crossing God for the foot of the womb. She's advancing in age. What are the options open to her? Adoption. IVF. So a great mother. All manner of people are She's looking at her age, not looking at the world of God. She's looking at medical science, not looking at the world of God. So what does she do now? She's not looking at what those things that she's been looking at and people. If she has been looking at God, you God not have told her that why you look at that. Why you look at this function? They are not necessary. That's why faith must be best for you. The Bible says Abraham believed in whole ages. Hebrews chapter 10. Now we're going to this this elaborate a little bit more on the matter of patient endurance. Then because the other days in which after you were illuminated, what does that mean after you became born again after you were enlightened by the word of God? You endure a very struggling brain, a very struggling with what? Suffering. We were talking about the time when they got born again, they went through a lot of suffering and they endured it. I don't know about you, but many of us, when we got born again, we endured a lot of suffering. I got born again when I had to go, and I had to go through that. Waiting only on God and not on any other. It wasn't easy that I had to endure. Look at verse 17. Partly why they were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulation. People, these people suffered from the tribulation. And partly why they became companions of those who were so treated. There were other people who were treated anyhow. And they fought a part with those people. But when they fought, for you had compassion on me in my chains, and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, they lost property, and yet there was so much joy in their hearts, even though they lost property. Knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven, why were they able to endure such suffering, such hardship? Because of heaven. Do you understand this? In verse 6, verse 5 says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, your faith, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the whatever you do not Then it was not enough to give them the promise. What did they do? Patient endurance. They had to endure something. They have to endure hardship. They have to endure shame. Even threats to their life. Even the fact that they could be ridiculed by, by their brothers. I'm sure you we all love the family. Family members who look at them that nothing. They are doing better than you. And you say you are following Christ. But to endure that, otherwise they see to, to, to not be ashamed, you will go and dip your hand into work. You have not been there dipping your hand into many subjects are following you. For them not to because they cannot endure, patiently endure the hardship of life. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10, the Bible says, and that is for speaking to many people, many people who are in church, it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, 
your strength is small. Please give me one. I need translations. Living by the message amplifies. So when you get like tell us what 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 you are reading and um, and then read it. Proverbs twenty four verse ten. What are the other girls? New international group, read it. If you follow if you follow in terms of what? What? This what? Then the Bible says you don't have thoughts. He says, if you follow that in terms of trouble, yes. How small is your strength? How small is your strength? Okay. Maybe by the way. If you are in you are a poor person, you can't stand the pressure. You are what? A first of what? Of Christ, a first If you cannot stand what? Adversity. God does not give promises to who are first Yes. The message. If you fall to business in a crisis, there won't be anything to you in the first place. He said, if you fall to do you know that we have? Do you know that the researcher in Nigeria, many of us are falling to pieces? There really wasn't anything in us in the Your Christianity is only manifested through trials. Anyone who can understand trials is not a Christian. I'm telling you the truth. They are just playing, they are just playing church. If you are truly a Christian, adversity will come. You will be tested whether you can understand it or not. So all that small guys, they're not even loving you, they don't show concern. Why should you show concern? You are being tested. Whether you're a perfect whether you're a good specimen or a poor specimen. You are being tested whether your faith can withstand challenges or not. Why should I be calling you a Christian for every moment? By now you are not in you are in the center, you are a grown up person. We are only waiting for when God to say, why you go and master something you can't go with them. You are a grown up. So because you have no small challenge, you have like a hey, hey, what's the challenge you have? I don't know, I don't know. Be strong. Whatever you are going through, if I can believe it, I went through it first, I still am going through it. Very you can believe that sometimes you don't have to be this kind of privacy. What? Yes, please. I'll be fine. If you can't be a day of a blessing, your strength is strong. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Now, brother, then, good news, okay? Let's say good news. If you are weak in a crisis, you are weak in this. If you are weak in a crisis, you are weak in this. I have you seen it there now. So, the point is, like I always said, a, a start of cutting off remains a start in the absence of wind. Please put the man there, what happens to the start? A rock remains a rock, whether you put fire or you bring the wind or whatever. If you, if you see a rock in the, in the, at the beach, inside the wave, what happens to the rock? It seems small. The sand around it is what this wave is wrong. Each, each pressure gets the rock, establish the wall. It takes ownership of the beach with each attack of the waves. Every believer must be able to claim ownership rights of what God has given him in the kingdom with every attack. The promise God has given to you. Cannot be given to someone who is a weakling spiritually. That is an enemy. The promise is too strong. Believe me. Here they are discussing the second coming. That is what they are discussing here. 
Our youth are still what is their reason? Unemployment, but they are not getting work. The same youth who go, who say they don't have work, find out what he has done with the money. He went to work again. He went to carry it here. He went to buy a cell phone. Please, why is this still? Was it for food? No! For a pleasure! And yet, so it's true. This government is very common. Yeah? What do you mean by that? The church of God, the early church, who's strongest in the midst of tribulation and persecution? We see the, the, the slight scratches of persecution. We start shouting, uh, uh, no, we don't want to spend a bit. This is not very bad. And I keep asking them, what are you talking about? Maybe when we discuss the kingdom of God, I will discuss more on that aspect. When the chairman of Khan, the president of Khan, was avoiding the food of Jonathan and using, using his private jet, who transport millions of dollars of Nigerian money out of this country? Was that God's one person? We are in one for that God's one is happening to us. We are part of the corruption of this country. Let's accept it. We are set tired from this. Can I stop with the brothers again? In our office. And you're going to tell me that I don't know what you're going to do. Like, Family second. That's the highest level salary in Nigeria. What is the salary of the Family second? That you will let any other time take it. Do you need to study? Even the youth shall take it. Many churches are paid. Many big pastors are paid. They can't understand what is happening. Even the youth shall stay and be weary. And the young men shall utterly Verse 31. But those who do what? Who wait expectantly. Who wait knowing their God. Remember the scripture in Daniel. The people, those who know their God, shall be strong and do excellence. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew. Yes, what does that word renew mean? It's not, it's not the word means. Exchange the weakness for his strength. Their strength, their own strength, which is weak, is thrown away. And the strength of God is given to them. Then there is not one of you and I. I tell yourself for myself, who can stand the pressures of Satan's kingdom. With the strength of God. Remember what the Lord just said, in, uh, what, what the scriptures tell us in Ephesians chapter 6. Having done all, to do what? Stand. Stand therefore, short with what? Me? The arm of the when you look at the armor of God, they are Christ. It is described as Jesus has spread to stand. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. The eagle is a very interesting bird. The eagle does not soar when there is no wind. In fact, the eagle walks too much if there is no wind. And does not like that kind of activity. God has given the eagle strong, large wings. So the eagle doesn't like a place where there is no wind. That's why you see the eagles on high mountains, where there is a lot of wind activity. When the eagle wants to soar, it goes to look for well winds. It just kill its wings against the wind. That wind will move it up. Above that natural that is how the Christian is. The Christian, when he sees the grace of God, he is rejoicing because he knows the Lord soar above. He will tilt his wings. What is his wings now? He said, in God. He will bring it again that 
He doesn't run away from it, he brings it against it, and then he will now use the tribulation to propel himself above the tribulation. We can't run away from tribulation. We must be excited in ourselves when it comes. Because what it does is it builds expectation. Wow, God the world do something. Tilt your finger and boom, it takes you up. So I'm all the way. They shall run and not be built. They shall walk and not God renews our strength. Gets us ready for the battle. Gives us his nature. That's the strength. The nature of God is the strong nature. Against every plan of Satan. When Satan sees you with the nature of God, he will be whatever. He will try you a little bit. When he sees you tilting the wind and then I come down, come, come, let's use it to let's use it to climb out. He will try it, and then suddenly he will try it. You are where you are supposed to be. Because Satan is where underneath your business. And many of us may be related to Satan as though he is a power or as though he is a force. My beloved believer, brethren, we have to start being believers indeed, not in name only. Philippians chapter 4, 6 to 8. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to who? To who? I thought you said, let your request be made known to the saints. Let your request be made known to the president. Let your request be made known to your constituents. That's what we are doing. We are trying to intimidate government by getting government or by getting Christians to vote against you. Let me tell you what's going to happen. We are not here. We are going to have a situation where the people who don't believe in God will determine who rules this one. If we preach Christianity against Muslims, you know what's going to happen? We are equal. The people who decide the vote are the people who are neither Christians nor Muslims. And anybody who decides the vote is the one who runs that vote. I'm telling you. You know, many people go into politics and understand what politics When the president was making statements about, well, the way we are going to do the South and the South are different from the way we do that. Because it's his truth, they think he's very good. You have to look at the people that give the vote. It is politics. So don't try to get something on me. It's politics, not politics. I will help the people who didn't vote for me. But not as much as I have those people who vote for their money. They vote for me and I vote for them. How does that mean? Donald Trump was made president by the rural America. What do you think he should do? He should focus on the other He's going to focus on rural America so that they can give him more votes next time. It's politics. If you don't have to play the game, don't go there. You have to play the Google. Because we are not called to play this. Then you know, after you have lost, you know, you have to say, don't give me anything. You lost. Accept that you were beaten and see that one and the group and the crowd and I are going to win. Ah! Then you have lost. You want to throw more into the water. You want to do it. You will go. Suddenly, the person is there now. Suddenly, the person is there now. Suddenly, the person is there now. When he was, he was there and was heading to, he didn't know how to go right. I never saw him on Twitter. His activity on Twitter is something else. They were trying to have a company that has destroyed money to Nigeria, which is not in the life of Buddha. What are we talking about? Let me say the truth with ourselves. There's one way to call that red or more quick. Who says they think they believe that? Some of them in America. Are you ready to rubbish? What are we talking about? He's a Christian. You don't need a doctor to survive. So what are we doing? Why do we believe that our entire life is different from the government? We don't need a doctor to survive. The way you are not focused on God, you will need the government. 
Make your request not to go. Go, go. God will wake up the person and say, what, what was it that's way? And if you think that's that policy, you just, you think he's doing one thing, you know, that policy, I just don't see it very well. Maybe just look at it, no, 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 change the word, change the word. Okay, uh, the other is okay, no, I'm not punished. Then one pastor wakes up and tells the governor, that you are going to die. You decide that you will die. The governor has alerted himself, so the fiscal will be there. Everybody will die, so he will be there. He said, no, no, I'm going to die, I'm going to die of your bed. If he had to be in the morning, if he had to be in the morning, so then he did to die, he is not going to be And he got the people in the What was that? What was the message he sent to other pastors? That they are just caught up. Making noise. That's what that message is saying. Let's take Making noise and more. Opening his mouth, telling him that he just, he should keep his mouth quiet. Many of us who say we are in ministry, the strength that we have is in our congregation. We are like the king. The Bible says in Proverbs, he says the, the majesty of the king is in his army. Remove the army from the king. He says, that's who we are. Let God remove the foundation from men of our houses. They are not. Some people are something only because of the clothes they wear. Remove the clothes from them and they are not. Some people are something because of the cats they possess. Remove the cats from them. They are not. You suddenly see them as bad. Is this man like this? Verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Why I don't think have this? We are not taking the matter to God. That's why we are grumbling, complaining, running after pressure from black people. But hey, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, not this thing so, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these, these are the things to meditate on. As far as I'm concerned, whether there's exception or not, the, the, the Nigerian system is not in And first I hope, the same God who sent ravens to bring food to Elijah in a family will send ravens to me. And I have sent them. People just wake up, we're not even going to invite their family, just whatever part of the process is going on. Who send ravens? Why don't we, why don't we put it to the test? Part of the great, one of the, one of the greatest challenges we have to present on is lack of experience of God. You cannot experience God if you don't put the word of God to test. You have need, go to God in prayer, God meet my need, and see whether God will allow it or not. Then no, we don't do that. Do chapter 11. Here God is speaking about the Holy Spirit. This is promise of the Father. How we are forgetting. Those who don't have it, how you can receive the Holy Spirit. If a son asks for prayer from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more? In verse 9, it says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. See, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he will see signs, and to him who knows it will be open. God has given us a powerful resource that we already use. It's not prayer. Instead, we will talk, we will debate, we will write all kinds of rubbish on social media and get sympathy from people who don't even know God. 
You see the angels of God. We spoke more. Then we fell on, on Joseph. And we established his character there. And Peter, James, John, Paul, uh, Philip, uh, what their name again? The twelve will be there with him. Those will be his ministers. Who are saying they left some of us. Here of us. We will brought to our various stations. To mind certain things. For us, some of us will be doing some of us in Hebrew. Some people will be in India. We are going to go around the world with people around. And those of you who are down every Sunday evening, you will know no problem, you will be with us in the house, shining our shoes, ironing our shoes. No matter what you want to do, you want to sit down and listen. You don't want to go and do the work of God. Okay, God will have all of us. I didn't hear anything from Therefore, we need to learn us that will help us wait for the promises of God, including the promise of the Father. Scripturally, waiting is not to be done faithfully. Anxious or passive. Rather, we have to wait expectantly, without complaints, without grumbling, or without moment. Always looking forward to the manifestation of the promise. Each time you murmur and grumble, you take your face away from the promise. By the time we discuss next week, you will see the application of these things in our waiting for the second coming of Christ. If you are not able to wait expectantly for the promise God has given you here, is it the second promise in the second coming you are going to wait for? The same attitude with which you wait for a promise from God is the same attitude you are going to use in waiting for the second coming. It cannot be different. Because the same attitude is waiting. Many of us have forgotten about the second coming, so we are not waiting for it at all. That's what we want to buy that. What do I have? What do I do? What do I have? What about everything here on that now? Also, waiting is not an endless hopeless and ended acts. Rather, we must keep our focus on the promise in hope or anticipation, knowing that at the time set or appointed by God, the promise will surely come. If somebody that you know, you trust, promises you 50,000 men, unless you know that he was just joking, you keep asking him, or what? The 50k brought to the harbor. Do you understand? Because there is an expectation that you will give you. But if you somebody who just, after you have tried it a few times, you will talk, 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 talk. Even if you tell yourself, give me five minutes. As long as you have for five minutes. He said, let me try it. Give me, 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 you know that that end is. You know what it's showing you. Know. So you are waiting expectantly. You are waiting in anticipation. Hence, we need to write down the promise as revealed, not as we may perceive it. Not as revealed, not as perceived. Many of us write something, we, we have a dream, and then we start writing the, the interpretation, what we have interpreted the dream to be, without writing the dream. Write the dream first. Then as you are seeking God, God will begin to give you that you are not writing that station once. Do you understand? But what many of us do is, we need to write the dream, we write that station. We forget about the dream completely. So when we go back to look at it, we don't know what we saw. We didn't write it down, we don't know what the station. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that we can always keep it in view and not be blindsided. Seven is blindsiding many of us. Challenge survivors are signing many of us, and we are, we are just thrown overboard, 
Whatever we fathom what we, we have already received from God. We need to be resolute in our faith in God and in His Word. We don't have it. When somebody comes and challenges what you believe, you put your foot down forget it. You can come, you can cry from now to tomorrow. What I believe is what I believe. And I'm holding on to it. And you can, you can mash up your points. I'm going to give you the, the, I remember when I was believing God for the life of Allah, and I was waiting on God. The brother, or many brothers were interested in my kids, my friends. They wanted me to be married. A lot of them came to me one day. In fact, when the challenge was too much, I went to the church. This problem is too much. This is the one. I can use because everything is harassing me. I'm going to give me a book. So one day, one of, of my good one of friends came and said to me, Ray, look at me. Now, big one. I said, it's not like that. I said, God, you say, ah, that's not what you do now, big one. So I said to him, I said, do you, do you think that you are more interested in me getting married than myself? So I said, my friend, I said, no, nah, okay. Do you think that I am more interested in me getting married than God? And that's what God told me to do. Next time when you tell them that they cannot be more interested than you in this matter of marriage. Neither and you cannot be more interested in this matter than me. So what was God telling you? That he is more interested in me getting married than I am in me getting married. God is more interested in what he wants to do in your life than you are interested in that. So stop putting yourself in the test as if you are more interested in the thing and then he says to you, get up now, begin to cry, begin to cry, begin to pray. You need to pray. I think your prayer is what is going to be. You will pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. And you will say Because it is not yet to say, if there is a prayer light, let him offer sacrifice for money tonight. And pray and fast and do whatever. So the Baptist was not going to come until six months before Jesus Christ. Christ was the one that set the time for John the Baptist. Do you understand? In the same way, Many things that we are crying about, it is because the second family of Christ that is setting the time frame for you. They will pick it from that time and say, 500 years, let's assume that Christ is coming, 500 years from now. 500 years before Christ comes, that's not going to be He's not setting the date. We need to patiently endure the challenges that may occur while waiting for humiliation, loss of property, incarceration or imprisonment, threats to life, and so on and so forth. There are many challenges. I remember one 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 dear sister, she's married now, I think she even has children now. When when the first met her, she was living in somebody's voice and I was wondering what is going on. She began to tell me, I'm a very wealthy woman. Very wealthy woman. Very, 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 very wealthy woman. And once I gave my life to Christ, my parents kicked me out of the house and told me that they have no business with me, that they're not going to take care of my school or anything. So I ran to somebody and they gave me small accommodation in the investors. They didn't fix their education. She's doing very well, she's married and whatever. The parents now And she went through that time. That's what we are patiently enjoying. When you are going through the pain, nobody, no problem, they are not supposed to be with you. Because you are supposed to enjoy it. But Christ is with you in it. He has said, I will not forsake you, nor leave you. Because he has not forsake you. And we must participate in prayer and communion with God. Regardless of what may be happening to the contrary of what has been promised. Remember when I first uh, left work to, to seek to, to, to work for God full time. I didn't belong to any ministry, I was just at home. And I was in my church as a worker there. 
You will ask me questions. So where God is at, I know the ministry. God is not telling about ministry, I'm just where I am. And then one brother asked the question, he said, So, Clement was alive then. He said, So what happens when you need to pay Clement's fees? So I was shocked because I didn't think of it. I just held on to God. So since that came up and it was an issue with me, I went to God and I said, No, that's the truth. I didn't discuss this matter of Clement's fees with you. How is he going to be because I said, did I tell you anything about this? I said, that's my business. It's your business, it's what you should do. It's about focus. What focus on what you should do. I said, okay. I shall be able to that the time was too busy. And they kicked the young man out of the house. And he came over, oh, my friend is very lucky. That's what we're saying. He said, you're doing full time. He said, you're doing this. He said, how are you going to pay this kid? And then, when I came back, I didn't think that I went upstairs. But for our little girl, my friend. So I went up there and knelt down. I said, Lord, you heard what he said now. And God said something to me. He said, Did any one of them volunteer to pay me? I said, No. He said, It's not me. And I thought. And there I was on, on Sunday evening, planning that day, but when I go on Monday, I will beg them. They accept it, it's okay. Give me to Friday. They say, Okay, to Friday then. If nothing happens by Friday, uh, I'll bring him back home. I was already thinking of the curriculum for whole school. Sunday evening, while I was sitting down thinking of what to do on Monday, a friend from Potato that had no business to leave us just came to the house and said, How are you? I came to see you. I said, What are you doing? You're not supposed to be here. You came last week. Are you doing in Lagos? He said, That's how we saw it. He just found himself at Potato Airport, found himself entering, buying ticket, entering the plane, and coming to Lagos. He was at home. What was he doing in Potato? Until this morning, I got to church. Then I realized why I came. Put his hand in his suit pocket and brought out a number and said, I came to give you this. That money paid his suit fees and gave me some money to that from that day till whatever, never struggled with those suit fees. These are the things that change my life to God. Why discuss it with men? Men will only discourage you and depress you. They don't have the solution. What you hear from men is maybe this, maybe that, maybe this, try this, try that, try this. Probabilities and probabilities and probabilities. Both of the ones that we think probability is always what? Also, God has us to hold on to His promises by rehashing and rehearsing the promise that is His word constantly in our hearts. And when this happens, our strength to keep on waiting is what? It's renewed. We are reinvigorated. And like the eagle, we can show our contradictions to the promise. Every time you see something that is contradicting the word of God, that God has spoken to you. Go back to God and say, No, what's going on here? You said, He said, God will tell you a little bit more. What will He do to you to strengthen you the more? You write about that contradiction and say, This was just a contradiction. Get away from here. Now, specifically, as the wise to waiting for the promise of the Father, that is the Holy Spirit baptism, we must keep on asking. Keep on holding on to God's word. And be expectant, regardless of the feeling of humiliation. Among other believers, you know what that word means by that? When you are not able to speak in tongues, they are, they are ashamed. When they call that prayer, you don't want to, you know, you say, I can't do it. Those things you call me! You seek because I said, Lord, this is the language you want me to do. I will speak this. So, regardless of the fear of religion among other believers, don't worry, it's all your Lord, the idea that you are with me. And mockery by unbelievers. For the promise of the Father will surely come upon you. The unbelievers will mock you 
if God promises it, it shall happen. Praise the name of God. I want them to say that we should pray. But um, I don't want to, I don't want to encourage you to pray only here at times. Then pray to my politics. So I'm saying to you now, rabbit, me, the prayers are going on. When you get on, get on your knees and start praying. Go and buy an exercise book. Keep it. Start taking your own notes. Start recording the things that God is saying to you. Because I believe God wants to speak to somebody. Start making notes. And when he has said something, the best thing you are going to hear will not make sense to you. Go back to God and pray. Lord, this thing I, I, I saw this thing. If it's a dream, write the dream as you saw it, as you remember it. Do not put your interpretation. Then go to God. God ahead of you. As you are telling God, God will say, you have you, you left a command, you put a command here. Now read the sentence again. Do you understand? Yeah. He said, read it. Put a name on here. Now read the sentence again. Sometimes God will say to you, you say to God, okay, leave it, leave it in it. Now write it in your native language. You will write it. He said, do you understand it better than that? Say, yes, yes, yes. Because it is not a language. Do you understand what we are talking about? There are many times that can but you must be in constant prayer and communion with God. He's the owner of the mission. He's the one who wants to bring the promise to pass. But pray on one thing. At the same time, it will happen. 